Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where Catholic truth is served fresh daily. We've made you a reservation in the luxurious corner booth, so come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzezemski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. We got Venerable Tom Dorian. Yes, sir. And we have Ziggy Rodriguez. That's me. Uh, so we have an interesting show, and it's, it's going to be super interesting because I, I did something weird. That's okay. shocking. I just I did some weird shopping. That's shocking. It, no, it was weird shopping. Anyway, so I was, I was like scrolling through Facebook, and one of the ads that came up in Facebook was for this thing called the Pirate Bible. And I'm like... I don't get those ads. Well, you probably you you you're a much better curator. I just take whatever comes and and scroll through and say like, why am I getting an ad about whatever the pirate Bible? The pirate Bible. So so I'm I'm looking at it going like I was I got fascinated by it, mm-hmm. and uh, and so I I bought one. Now I didn't buy it off of the Facebook. I bought it off of Amazon. But I, I just it's like I don't know if this is heretical. I'm sure it is. It's this is not approved by the Catholic Church. Disclaimer. 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 <laughs> This is not to be used for study. It's not to be used uh, as the word of God. It, it, I mean, it's, but, it, but essentially, um, I, I just feel like people that like modern culture and, and, and modern application of culture to, uh, to, to enliven the spirit in some way to get people interested in things that maybe they're not. Uh, case in point, um, I've got nine kids. One of them uh, is agnostic, right? And he just doesn't, he's not a believer. Um, I, I pulled this thing out and started reading it, and he was just like, he loved it. Now, I'm not saying that suddenly he's going to be a believer because of the pirate Bible. Right. I'm just saying I was fascinated by it. Yeah. And uh, you know, and it's like I'm not I'm not even advertising it. I just can't stop reading it though. Like in in uh, Psalm 23, vast ye scurvy dogs, you've laid out a feast for me, even in the midst of old me foes. You've crowned me head with a fine oil, and me tankard overfloweth with grog. I mean, it's like they. Th- this is like fascinating, and you, in, in, um, you know, Ziggy, you asked about uh, Genesis chapter one. Yes, you know the, the creation story, but it's like it's a the land was a mess, nary a speck of shape. And all was shrouded in dark over the deep abyss. But then the spirit of old God sailed across the waters. Art was the words of all the Almighty. Let there be a dazzling shine, and a dazzling shine there be. <laughs> okay, so this is, t- I'm sure it's terrible, and I've just upset some people. Please. Love the accent, though. Oh, I'm trying. You, you cannot read that without you putting can't. on your he, best pirate he, he, grew, he grew up as a pirate, so yeah, he's right. in touch with his roots. You know? Yeah, well, I do want to reach out I've to those pirates out there. There's, there's some pirates that feel, I don't know, disenfranchised. And so I want to bring them back into the fold. No, I just, I just was, I don't know. And so y'all send me a letter, send me a note, email deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. Let me know if you think this is heretical or funny, or if it's a, it could be used as a, as a tool in modern media. And, and I will, I will. I will acquiesce to whatever everyone votes, whatever everybody decides. I would, I would say podcasters who say, write me a letter if you think this is heretical, probably that's a great way to get a whole lot of emails. Well, maybe. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. You know, I... I Mail's been slow. I mean... We need to pick it up a bit. If, you know, but, but uh, if, um, you know, if I were to... I, you guys know me pretty well, and you know I'm fairly, I'm very orthodox when we it comes to doctrine. We thought we did until today. You I know. I know. I'm, I surprise people. But uh, I'm just telling you, I got this thing. I could not put it 
down. Tom's looking. He wants to look at it, it now. He's book. no longer going to be venerable once he opens that book. Man, these guys' sales are going to go through the roof well, after <laughs> today. Apparently, they apparently they uh, made this thing. It's all AI generated. Okay. It's all AI. So they they got some algorithms or whatever and translations and they translated. Now it's the King James version. I'm waiting on the Catholic edition. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't have the Deuterocanonicals in it. Uh, but anyway, and they and there's all kinds of disclaimers in it. Uh, the, the people that put it together are Christians, uh, and okay. but they said like, look, we we did this. We thought some people might be interested in this, and apparently people are like me, idiots yes. like me. I don't know. Uh, anyway, that's that was a lot of lead in, and I think it's uh, I think that's fun so far. Uh, I have not. There were no bolts of lightning that struck me dead yet, but I'm holding out. And and a bolt of lightning there be you know I don't know it may happen so we'll keep you updated on the pirate Bible but that said uh, we're going to turn from the pirates <laughs> All right good translation wow. uh, we're going to turn from the pirates and we're going to turn to uh, Ziggy and he, he he had a he had a great show idea <laughs> oh yes I, thank you uh, so. Something that's been on, this is something that I've prayed through for years and had a big impact on me, uh, actually early in my reversion experience, uh, but before I kind of go into that journey and the things that I learned in prayer and the ways that it's been fruitful in my life, I'm just going to kind of throw out to, to, you, to you in Radio Land. there's two sets of ideas <clears throat> that we want to try and bring together today, right? Um, on one hand is the notion that we are supposed to authentically love ourselves, right? Um, and but we're also supposed to die to self. And that, that seems like it contradicts each other, right? Like, how am I supposed to, like, love myself um, and die to self? What does that mean, right? And uh, part of the reason that there's confusion there is, oh, I grew up, I'm, I'm uh, you know, I, I was born in the early 80s. I grew up in the 90s. Um, and we had a lot you of messaging. You actually really haven't grown up, though. I mean, if you there be you go. Honest, yeah, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> you're young at heart. Still young at heart. I mean, after all, you're reading the Pirate Bible. Yeah. I mean, yes, yes, it's my favorite translation. Yeah, uh, don't do that. <laughs> so, okay, so but in the 1990s, uh, we had a lot in our education, a lot of stuff about self-esteem being taught in school. And I'm not saying self-esteem is 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 bad. I think that obviously there's been a lot of. Uh, People, there's been pushback saying like everyone's getting a participation trophy, everybody's a snowflake, and, and talking about some of the, the stuff that's negative uh, on that end. But there's a, the messaging about self-esteem and about loving yourself kind of ends with the self in the way that it's taught in schools. And I think that that's the problem. There's a, the, the, the self-focus of self-esteem teaching that you get in the world is problematic because God is love. And love, by its very nature, seeks an object, object, right? So God loves us to love through us, right? He loves us to love through us. So, And maybe, and this is what I received in prayer years ago, it's better to shift from thinking in terms of self-esteem to soul esteem, right? And Deacon Jeff pointed this out that C.S. Lewis has a beautiful quote where he says, like, I don't have a soul, I am a soul. Right. Right. I, I don't have a, I, I have a body. Right. I have a body. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And so I am a soul. God created my soul to receive him and to witness him, to, to receive his love and his light. And he, he created my soul to shine through me, to love through me. I'm not the end point 
of God's love. If you look in the world today with the selfishness that's happening in the world, a lot of it is because a lot of us want to think of ourselves as the end point of God's love, you know, know, including among those who uh, believe in God, right? And Mm -hmm. to say like, oh, this is all about me. I get this, right? Uh, As opposed to I receive in order to pour out, in order to share, in order to let God love to love through me. So what does that necessarily require in order to be for our soul to be fulfilled in that? Well, Mm -hmm. a death to self, Mm -hmm. right? So it is the case that the self gets in the way of our soul being fully brought to life in love and in the life, the divine life that God wants to uh, bring through us. And so that's what what I wanted to talk about today is the shift from self-esteem to soul esteem so that we can have an authentic teaching of self-love that doesn't place the self as the end point of love and really qualifies those terms of self and of love and places them in a perspective to where it goes hand in hand with the, the call to die to self. Now, you, you spend a lot of time on the, on the social medias. Yes. Right. You, 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 you're always, uh, you know, in, interneting. Yes. You know? <laughs> and, uh, and, and maybe I've not seen this because you were telling me that you thought um, that there were people that were struggling with this, like right now. I mean, not, they're, not they're, just on the internet. I mean, throughout my life, I've, uh, it, you know, since I've given my life to Christ and I've been trying to live my faith, and God has used me to walk alongside others and, and minister to others, this is something that has come up. It's something that came up recently. A friend of mine reached out and he's like, hey, I've really struggled with self esteem. And all my life. And i that's something I've been trying to work on. And now that I'm trying to live my faith, I'm trying to grow in that self-esteem and lean on my faith to grow in self-esteem. But I'm being told to die to self, so I don't know what that means. I don't know how they work together. Yeah, but don't you think that that everybody's always struggled with that, but now it's even more so with social media? Oh, sure. Oh, yeah, great point. Because with social media, you've got people putting these, projecting these images of their lives and how they want to be seen. And uh, and then you have people who are going through their feeds on Instagram and Facebook, and they're say, and they're comparing themselves, right? Right. And so you have on one hand you have vanity and, e- and, and, and envy in this sort of codependent dance with one another yeah. on social media, right? Mm-hmm. Well, it's interesting you bring that up because the, as you were talking about this, I was actually jotting a couple of notes to myself, and and sometimes. Especially when you're like when you're thinking about converting to Catholicism, yeah. Since I've taught RCIA, soon to be OCIA, for so many years, and have to have tackled all these different topics, um, it's an, it's always interesting uh, that when you start to see a big picture and realize there's a lot of things in life that we call them either or, but but in Catholicism they become both and. Yes, right. You can die to self, and you can. Uh, uh, you can love yourself and raise your self esteem right and and, and uh, it's just that's hard for because people want to have well you've got to pick this road or that road, which ends up being like a false dichotomy and and so this idea that like well you know faith and works scripture and tradition versus it's either this or that yeah. and 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 there's a lot and, and then the concept of like redemptive suffering I mean it just seems like well isn't that what what do you call the words that are that that essentially they become a uh, when you say them, it's like that can't be true. I don't know what it's called, but anyway, it's a it's, there's an English term for it. But redemptive suffering is one of the things. Like, well, how is it possible that suffering can redeem? Wouldn't suffering make you less redeemed? Right, yeah. right, because suffering would be unhealthy in, in in the world's eyes, right? Yeah, and and that's where it's like, um, 
and and the fact that 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 Mary would appear to and and that Christ would exalt the poor and the disenfranchised, right? But not those who already have a wealth of influence and a wealth of power and a wealth of wealth, right? He would come and be present to the the sinners and dine with sinners. All these things that we see as as separated, yeah, um, by the world standards. In Catholicism, it ends up becoming like you know what uh, Sister Mary uh, Elephant. What was the lady's name from Cheech and Chong? No, so that was, so, it. That was it, Sister Mary Elephant. But but where there were uh, Sister whoever, and I love our religious sisters would say it's a mystery, right? right? It's it's a mystery. We don't understand fully the mystery that we're. This is our heretical episode, by the way. Okay, yeah, no kidding, this man. Is, if we're ever canceled, it's because of the Pirate Bible and Cheech and Chong. Yeah, and and let me just be clear. I, I do not recommend the Pirate Bible for uh, any uh, Bible right. study uh, in coming to know Jesus in in a particular way in terms of like scripture. <laughs> and then Sister Mary Elephant, Mary Elephant, and and Cheech and Chong, I do not endorse. You, you don't recommend any moral theology no, manuals written no, by Cheech and Chong. No, <laughs> right? Yeah, me neither. Uh, although the smoke of the Vatican, you know, <laughs> makes me always wonder, you know, what could be going on there. I'm teasing again, and that's bad. Y'all, this is my I'm trying to get emails episode, <laughs> and we'll see. We'll see what happens. All right. Hopefully, you find some semblance of but, truth but, in all this. But, and I agree with you, and, and there, are, there are a lot of paradoxes in our faith that yeah. we can paradox. see. Paradox. Yeah. That's, it's a paradox. A paradox. That's a but, of but I think in this case, it is a, it's something that can be resolved to an extent through a precise definition. Well, and plus, you're bringing in the aspect of like, well, let's define who you are. Exactly. You are a soul. You yes. are not. That's, that's the key word, soul. Exa- soul esteem, yes. Because it not only look, helps you change your view about yourself, but yes. also changes your view on others. Exactly. Including the unborn. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Oh, that's a great point. Yeah, yeah. because the, the the unborn is also a soul. Right? 100%. And, and yeah, no, that's a, per- that's a perfect point. Thank you, Tom. Yeah. I, I, I'm here for you. Now, so are you? Uh, you you've encountered some folks. I mean, what, what what are they asking? Like specifically, what what ends up happening? To, what what ends up being the conversational topic? Because they're not thinking soul. Well, yeah. I mean, I think to uh, to, to use a, a ten cent word, uh, it seems like there's a lot of cognitive dissonance, right? And so what I mean by that is people end up just saying, like, I've got these ideas in my head that don't seem to go together, and they seem to conflict, and they seem to. Uh, and they just result in confusion. Right. Um, and, you know, like, for example, um, I don't think that this young man is listening to this. So and this is many, many years ago, like maybe a decade ago. But I was helping with a retreat. I was on a retreat team. And there was a young man who I, I you know, kind of tried to mentor during the course of the retreat and, and, and prayed with and, and stuff like that. And I was really hopeful for him from walking away. And the guy had a lot of issues kind of going into it. He's a young guy. And uh, I checked in with him. On uh, to ask him, so what would you say are your are the fruits of your of your retreat? And uh, you know, and he said, you know what, I've just never done anything for myself, and so I bought an Xbox, and I and I. And so, okay. Building up his self esteem right. with an Xbox, exactly. And he's like, and I just felt like I, I just needed to love myself. Now, did you and, say, and "Well done, my good and faithful servant"? I, I, did you, I didn't know what to think, and I still, I mean, because yeah. also I want to be open to the possibility that maybe God was moving in his life and said, "Young man, buy an Xbox." I, I, I have concerns, you know, insofar as I don't tend to look at video games. As being, you know, something that helps us grow in communion with others and and help us grow in our gifts and talents and stuff like that. But that was sort of an example where, you know, and I think part of it is this notion of 
when we think when we when we are thinking of ourselves as needing to be loved, right? We're not allowing that to be. We're not having a complete picture of how that love moves and works, right? So, there's a beautiful quote from Saint John Paul the Great that changed my life when I first heard this. This is uh, from Love and Responsibility, which is uh, freedom is the means, love is the end, right? And so if that kind of creates this image of love traveling through freedom in the same way that like wave a wave travels through a medium, right? And so like let's say let's follow that that in the same way that like Einstein followed a photon on its journey, right? Yeah. Let's follow love on its journey, right? And so love comes to us, God comes to us, but does he comes to us does he come to us to stop at us? No, he comes to us to love through us, right? Mm-hmm. And so you can think of it almost like a circuit where, you know, you've got this, you know, in the same way that you have in a circuit, you have energy flowing through the circuit, right? And if somebody short circuits, right, then it's because there's there's been a stopping point within the circuit that wasn't supposed to be there. And so a lot of times when we make ourselves the end point of that love that God is pouring into short-circuit us, it. we're short-circuiting yeah. the order of grace, right? And so that's that's what I think is is the biggest problem is our failure to kind of embrace love for what it is, which is something that moves, something that seeks an object, including through us. And and listen, we're living in a broken world. We're living in a time where a lot of kids uh, don't have parents that are really loving them and nurturing them in the way that a child should be. And we have a lot of adults who never had that. They've had a whole life of that. And when they hear the good news of the gospel... Sometimes it's the first time they've ever heard, hey, you're lovable. You're worthy of love, mm-hmm. you know? And sometimes we want to just grab it for us, right? And we want it to just kind of stay with us. And, and then we, you combine that with a culture that we live in where it's very consumeristic. It's very materialistic. You've got people shouting from the rooftops the health and wealth gospel message, right? Yeah. A lot of people are living in fear. That, and you know what? Now, yeah. in, the mo- in modern culture, I, mean, I hate to interrupt because no, that no just problem. struck me because yeah. uh, they're not even necessarily talking about the health and wealth gospel. They just dropped the word gospel. Yeah, right? yeah, right? exactly. And so, and because and, and that was making me think, as you were talking earlier about the, the young man that you were talking to, I mean, this is essentially the nature of evangelization and always has been. Right. Because we're, we're, when we're evangelizing, we're evangelizing because people don't know the good news. They don't have the good news. And we have to realize that, that people, even including ourselves, I mean, essentially we've been raised and nurtured in, in the vernacular of the world and the belief system of the world. Right? People are all – what they think – that's why that, that's why the word soul wouldn't come to them. Yes, exactly. We have to share the word soul. Right. Right. So <laughs> we have to say like, well, you have a soul. Right. And again, Tom, you you pointed out the unborn. Mm-hmm. And it's like cuz the vernacular of the world is blob of tissue. Right. Right? And even with technology, even with 4D ultrasounds, we still have people that that don't want to um assign to uh that child any human dignity. Right. And, and it's because they don't understand. They understand only the vernacular of quote-unquote science, which I think that's all misunderstood because mm-hmm. God is the author of science, right, the author of truth. And, and the thing is, at the end of the day, we have to evangelize. And so we yes. have to share people, we'll share with people that they have a soul, that they are a soul yes. versus that you know it's something they possess. Mm-hmm. And I think also just that because there are some half-truths that the world is presenting to kids with the self-esteem 
um, aspect, you know, because it is true that we should love ourselves, but we're not going to have a proper understanding of that without this broader framework that we're describing. I mean, the way it's typically taught, it's almost like um, self-esteem is something that you, not something that you receive, but something you make. Right, like, oh, all the people in the world would be so much better if everyone made self-esteem for themselves. We wouldn't have serial killers if these serial killers just made some self-esteem for themselves. Yeah. You know what I mean? And 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 whereas love is something that we receive, you know, we love because God loved us first, and and we have to place ourselves in that receive mode, and we have to recognize that love from its source where it comes from first which is God and we have to recognize that it isn't all about us and the way that we were created just as we were saying the soul isn't you know if you think of the soul it's easier to realize that the soul is supposed to be a beacon of light Mm -hmm. that is sharing God's love right whereas when we use the language of the self for that we are we are completely eclipsing the reality of what his love is all about and w- how his love is intended to work through us and when you see yourself as a soul also then some of the scriptures uh, i'm not going to open the pirate bible <laughs> but but some of the scriptures saint paul is very very clear it helps us to see when he's talking about us being parts of the body of Christ, yeah, right. Our soul, our existence as a soul, is part of the body of Christ. Yes, and it's not. It's not that we're just we happen to be parked in a on a on a in a church pew, right? That like we see our bodies present there in a church, and so we're at church, but we are church, and it's an it's a way of looking at things. I think that it really becomes uh, eye opening. The the more we we pray about it, the more we dive into it. The more that we enter into the mystery of our Catholic faith, then amazingly God reveals things to us that are beautiful that we would not we would not have seen otherwise. Right? If we're thinking in terms of the ways of the world, and that's why it's really it's getting harder and harder to evangelize because they're taking words out of the language, things that you're not allowed to say. Well, don't tell me about the scriptures. Don't tell me about Jesus. Don't tell me about uh, you know all these things that are. Well, don't tell me about religion, right? Right. And it's like um, one of the greatest uh, objections to a life of faith is, well, I, I don't believe in organized religions. Yeah. You know, and it's like, well, well hold on. I mean, e- even the worst religions are organized. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's like, because people, they, they take a word and they go like, well, that, that's a bad word. Religion's a bad word. It's like, well, it's really not. Well, if you think about it, I mean, going back to the example of the pirate Bible, literally what people are doing when they're saying they don't believe in organized religion, there's a pirating of Catholic morals and teachings that where they take it out of the context of God being the author of all uh, humanity, of all creation, being the author of our souls individually, being the source of all love and compassion. And there's a desire to work within that framework and take pirate from it. Right and and recreate it outside the context of God because it's like oh yeah we can learn from some of these teachings but we don't need all that other stuff because we see where that leads and uh, it leads to hurt feelings and it leads to uh, oppression some people might even say mm-hmm. uh, because if you or if low self esteem or, or low self esteem if you take it all outside of the context of God if you if your first principle is God doesn't exist then at that point your the, the notion the teachings become injurious right if they yeah. if they hurt your feelings as opposed to saying like if the s- single grain of truth 
is that God exists and that he is loved and that he loves you. And that even the things that we don't understand are there as a fruit of his love. And that what we have to do is turn to him and let him love us and love through us. So, again, as you're saying these things, it's it's amazing to me how many times my mind goes back to certain scriptures and go like, wow, that's an interesting scripture in light of what you're saying. Like, essentially, that that when St. Paul tells us that we're not to conform ourselves to this world. Yes. But be transformed by the renewal of our mind. Yes. And it's like, it's, it's like... Uh, it's a it's a new or I shouldn't say new but a, a revealed a revelatory way of thinking. Yes, uh, that that essentially becomes um, like, hey, this is this is something I didn't think about before. Right, right, and then all of a sudden you you start to see. Uh, things it, it's kind of like seeing in color for the first time, you know. You know, going from a black and white TV to a color TV. I may be talking to a few people who experienced that, but the reality is, uh, most kids grow up with a you know a sixty-five inch color sc- uh, screen attached to their wall, and they don't know what I'm talking about. But there's just like there's a certain uh, uh, s- uh, simplicity to seeing something in black and white, but then you see it in living color. Uh, that's one of the reasons why the Wizard of Oz was such a, a which is a, a, such a important movie when it, when it came out to have all this thing that started as a black and white movie and it was like yeah same old thing and all of a sudden it was like they go into the, this land of Oz and it's mm-hmm. in in lush color they'd never seen before it's amazing and so we can see all of uh, what Jesus has revealed to us we can see all of uh, really who we are in His sight. But then, who we need to see ourselves as being, which will essentially elevate us uh, in our the, our our self esteem. Like it'll put us in a in a brand new category. Yes, right. And that's the difference. It's not about pride. Esteem is not about personal pride so much as realizing that you're beloved. Soul esteem. Yes, soul esteem is all about. I like it. Uh, right, it's it's about realizing you are beloved. You're part of a of a, of a whole, uh, being be, being a, a part of Jesus Christ, the body of Christ, and it's a, and it's a new way of looking at things. And then when you look at that, then everything else around you changes. Yeah, like how you see others. If you look at the big problem we have in the world, uh, you know everyone talks about crime and all these. Those are horrible things. But all that comes down to human dignity and realizing human dignity. And, and we realize our dignity when we first see ourselves as a soul that is beloved by God and is calling us to be in relationship with him. And so let's ask uh, Jesus' mother to intercede on our behalf. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God. Pray Pray for for us sinners, sinners, now at the hour of our death. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send him an email at deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. Visit us on the web at thecatholiccafe.com. You can also find us on iTunes or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association. Join us again at The Catholic Cafe serving up salvation one cup of coffee at a time.